We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Gosh, I left Lewis and Rachel unsupervised for one evening and they forgot to mention one very important detail, the title of the Australian TV show they were talking about, Irreverent. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, Unless you're listening at a different time, then it's obviously not the afternoon. Um, Or in a different country. Oh, this (laughs) is true. Um, So you are listening to Lewis and Rachel here on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM uh, Unscripted. Or the podcast. Who knows? You could be listening to it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you've taped it off the radio. Who, who knows? Taped it off I don't the think, radio. I don't think you would actually have to find a tape deck somewhere, which would be very one. hard. You have one? And I have tapes. Do you? Yeah. I do still have tapes. I've still got tapes of like some of my first radio shows back in Melbourne. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I've got tapes, but yeah, I've got nothing to play them on. So uh, oh, That's a travesty. Yeah. You'll have to come over to my house. Yes. We'll have a tape party. Yeah, we'll have a tape party. <laughs> that doesn't sound weird at all. No. Um, but you are with Unscripted. Cecilia is on assignment today. She's seeing Kate Blanchett in Tar, I believe is how it's... Tar? Tar. Tar. T- is it T-A-R? Tar. T-A-R, yeah. yeah that's Tar. Um, and it appears to be about a conductor who is quite eccentric. Mm. That's all I picked up from the trailer. Um, So Cecilia will come back and tell us about that um, next week, I imagine. Um, But we have quite a full show, actually. I thought I might have a quick chat about a couple of movies that um, you guys saw last year and were suggested to me. Um, We were thinking of getting rid of Disney Mm -hmm. just for a little bit um, because they have increased in price. But so you don't buy, you get it yearly and get the discount. Well, no, because we've had it for ages, right? So that might be something that we need to investigate. Mm. Um, but anyway, so I did notice Disney's got all those kids shows and uh, all those lovely Marvel things and everything. But then it seems to have quite a few darker films and TV shows. So um, and a couple of them which I've just recently watched, uh, the menu and. Barbarian. So did you see both of these or just no, Barbarian? No, I didn't see either actually. Oh, you didn't see either? No. Well, they are both horrific um, uh-huh. and what I mean by that are, is that they are horror films. Well, the, the, the menu, can is it a horror film that's oh. going to be too horrible for Kat to watch? No. Can I think watch she it? can definitely yeah. watch it. Because I really I, want to watch that one. I would classify it more as a thriller myself. Um, it, it, it falls in line with a thriller, mm. I think. I don't find anything. There was nothing anything too horrific in there. Um, 
but Cecilia did talk about it last year. She did rave about it and say how how great it was. And it's now just become available on Disney Plus. So um, it takes place at a, a very um, exclusive restaurant uh, on an island and you've got 12 couples who attend this very special um, dinner. It's like a five-course dinner or whatever. And, of course, they've paid through the nose to be there. Um, and you've got... Uh, Nicholas Holt in it playing Tyler who's he's kind of appears to be one of the main characters and his date is Margot played by Anna Taylor Joy so um, you've got Chef Solwick I think is how you pronounce his name played by uh, Ray Fiennes and he's a bit eccentric mm-hmm. um, that's the polite way of saying it um, so the night is not exactly what everybody is expecting. So it's a fantastic film which is very worth the watch and I cannot tell you anything else than that because I do not want to ruin it. Um, But if you've got Disney Plus um, and you missed it at the cinemas, it's a good watch. The other thing I watched, I don't know whether I was on a horror thing or I was just like, oh, check it out, these are new on Disney. I think that's more the case. but I did hear some people talk about Barbarian. It wasn't everybody's favourite thing. But basically the setup is a, a woman turns up to uh, an Airbnb. She turns up quite late at night um, but the key is not in the lock. The person who's got the Airbnb is not answering their phone. So she's like, oh, I don't know, I'll knock on the door. And behind the door... Um, is a lovely gentleman called Keith, played by Bill Skarsgård. And if you recognise that name, he is from... He, he played the clown Pennywise. in It. Uh, Pennywise, thank you very much. So automatically you're like, hmm, is Keith actually a nice guy or is he actually a creep? Because, you know, you've got these connotations mm, about, mm. Uh, about him. So it, it's interesting to see that character mm. development. Um, and Justin Long is in this as well, and he plays a fabulously um, terrible a-hole. <laughs> um, he is a an actor who's being accused of sexual misconduct, and so no one wants to hire him. So he's like, right, well, I've got these properties in Michigan. I'll go and have a look at them and get rid of them. We'll sell them mm. and get a bit of money that way. So he turns up and he's like, geez, I've got squatters in here because there's people living in the house and there's all this stuff. And, um, yeah, but then he discovers a basement. And, uh, yeah, this may be where those other people are. Ooh. But, again, that's all I'm going to say about this film because it all um, will reveal itself to you as you watch it. It's not a traditional horror in the sense of being like your jump scares all throughout. It kind of feels like half of it is a movie you would watch which is completely not horror Mm. and then the other half is horror and they're kind of like spliced into each other the way that they've decided to tell the story, which I kind of like because it came to the end. It was like, oh, is that it for the horror? Like is that I I was expecting more horror? Um, But, yeah, it was about 50-50. But I still really liked it. I thought that was a, an interesting way of, of doing the film. So, so it's, not, it's not a horror film the whole way through? Well, no, it is technically yeah. a horror film. It's just it kind of starts out not feeling like a horror mm. film. 
and then the middle bit definitely feels like a horror film and then there's the it, it's kind of like a four-act play right. almost where act one and act three uh, don't feel like horror films um, but act two and act four definitely are horror films all the same people in it yeah. same storyline and everything it's just that it, it's almost like a bit of character development in a horror movie. Crazy. Like in, in so, Dust of Dawn where it was like... I've you never know, seen it. Oh, okay. Because it was like a kind of western kind of film and then became a vampire film. So, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting way of doing it because I think if you're not fully into horror, it's, it's a way of watching it, but then maybe it's too much if you don't like horror because <laughs> you're not expecting it to be so full on in parts. Oh. So, um, yeah, creepy. Uh, I saw something you spoke about last year. Yes. But I think you only saw two episodes of it. I um, did. But Kat and I, because I was um, going, I've got to watch this film and what um, grabbed my attention uh, was um, Broden Kelly, who is from uh, uh, Auntie Donna, uh, is in the show. Yes. And uh, I saw him and went, Oh my God, Broden Kelly's this. We better check that out. Um, and so uh, we we watched the show, and uh, wait a minute, yeah, we watched the show, and uh, it's really cool because it's um, a show that they could probably show in America, mm. and it would have Americans interested in watching it because it's got a American actor as a lead. Yeah, but then you know, there's a, I guess two American actors in there really because you've got. Uh, Colin Don, uh, Donnell. Now, if you ever watched uh, Arrow, you would recognise Colin because uh, he was uh, in Arrow and he played Tommy Merlin, who was like the best friend um, of uh, of the, the lead character. Um, uh, and uh, so, yeah, because Cat and I go, who is this guy? We know him. We recognise him. And uh, and then uh, when we realised it was, ah, of course it was that guy. Um, but he's really good. Like, he's kind of got this generic Irish-American kind of thing going on. Yeah. Uh, although in, in this show, his um, character's name, the real name, is an italian kind of name, whereas the name he takes on in the show playing a, a pretend priest is Mackenzie or Mac, and so that is a Irish name. And mm. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. The, the Mackenzie fits him, but his real name doesn't. Well, you do get Irish-Italians. Yeah, Polo. Polo was the, the, his, his real name. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember to be honest. Mm. Uh, but the and then the other American, PJ Byrne. Yes, yeah, and he's he's great. Like he's just really he's quality. Yeah, and he he's like in this this uh, TV show. He is the comic relief, but he's fantastic. Mm. He's really good. But the uh, the idea is uh, is that Mac uh, is a kind of kind of a bad dude from Chicago and he he finds himself in a, a compromising position because um, he gets rolled uh, and the this guy who is the son of a you know big gangster uh, decides to like you know take him out and steal steal some money and uh, he kills the the son of the um, uh, the, the bad guys you know, the, he kills the bad guy's son this is all literally in the first three minutes yeah, guys yeah. so it's all good no, no. and uh, grabs the money 
And then he's just like, well, I've got to get out of here because if I don't, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and so he leaves and goes to Australia, goes to the Gold Coast. Why wouldn't you? Um, and in the Gold Coast, uh, he meets up with a guy he was sitting next to on the plane who was a priest called Mackenzie Mac Boyd, who is going to be going to a small country town in North Queensland. Far North Queensland even. Far North Queensland. Very, very far. Very, very far. Lots of crocs. Um, in the what ocean, the, even. What was the place called? Um, uh, it escapes me. Um, it, it's a. Yep, don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he, he goes to this town anyway. Um, he, the reason he goes to this town, so he gets ripped off by the priest. So the priest has a like a midlife epiphany, crisis, but a, a, not a religious one. A reverse epiphany, yeah. Like maybe that you know, maybe life's not. You know, it's all not religion's not that great, and maybe I should just do things myself. Seals Max um, seals Paolo's uh, one point six million dollars, and then goes off to enjoy himself. Mm. And so Paolo's like left with, well, what do I do? So I'll go up north to his parish, and I'll find some details about him, and then I'll track him down, and I'll get my money back. Mm. Um, but he gets up to the uh, the, the parish, realizes that. He can't do a lot and has got to stay up there in this place, which was pretty much a dead zone. There was, like, no reception or anything like that. Oh, hey, you could, like, stand on the tippy-toe of the jetty or climb up the water tower. So, yeah, the reception is difficult is, yes. is what, we're, what we're saying. Um, and it's, it's a, just it's a really good kind of storytelling. Yeah. And it's only 10 episodes, but it's just great. And 10-30-minute episodes even, yeah. or slightly less. And it's just really just good, just entertainment, Australian entertainment. Like, it's, you know, again, making it more worldly by putting an American in there to make it more interesting to Americans. But, yeah, I was... I was just, I just wanted to watch it. Yeah, it's going to happen. It was and great. you've got some familiar Australian faces in there. You've got Francis um, Greenslade, who you might not recognise the name, but if you saw the face, hundred percent recognisable. And Roz Hammond as well, um, very, very recognisable Australian actress. Um, and he's not as young as he used to be, but um, Ed. Oxenbold, I think is how you pronounce that mm. name. And he's familiar to some um, Americans because he played the lead role in Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Ah, right. So um, he has had a little oh. bit of work in America. Um, so I, even Paper Planes, I think, did not badly over there. So a couple of couple of familiar faces. But that is on Netflix at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I recommend t- checking it out. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Uh, well, we might um, play a sponsor and be back in a moment. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So you went back in time the other day. Yes, I did. I did. Um, have you seen the, the trailer for Babylon? I have, but it was a while ago. Mm. I feel like Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt are in it. They are, yeah. Right? That's the extent of my remembrance. Mm. So... I saw Babylon on Monday, and I was, I, I was like interested to see this film. Like it looked mm. like it was going to be, you know, it had uh, you know Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, good cast. Um, it was set in the uh, like period of time, uh, just at the end of the silent film era into the talking film era. Um, well, and it's I, got a very creepy t- Toby Maguire. Yes, it has got a very creepy Toby Maguire as well, um, and I was. Uh, Really interested in seeing this film, and I, I thought I was going to really enjoy this film. Um, 
But I mean, the trailer makes it look great, but the actual film is disappointing. Yeah, it's, you're not the first person to say that. It's uh, three hours and nine minutes. Oh long. wow! I'm kind of glad I didn't go. This does include credits, um, but the and there are good bits in this film. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there, there are bits that were like really enjoyable. Like, there's a this party scene at the start. You, you, the film starts off. With um, somebody, oh God, I, I really, I'd love to say what happens, but I, I won't. Oh, man, I just, is it one of those movies that as soon as you say anything, it kind of gives it away? I mean, I can read the synopsis. It doesn't. It doesn't. But the thing is, this thing that happens at the very start. It's kind of like, oh man, okay, this is that's full on. We're it's, off to the races. It's the catalyst yeah. for the rest of the movie. No, what? It's got nothing to do with the rest of the film, but it's just like, as I said, there are some good things in this film. The unfortunate thing is it's just like there's a lot of stuff that's just long and pointless and, you know, the film could have done with uh, a lot of editing. Editing, So for some reason my tongue is swollen, so I think uh, I might have an ulcer in my tongue, which is why I might sound a bit weird, so I apologise for that. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the first thing I noticed was that the, the film looked grainy and it looked old-fashioned and stuff like that. So clearly it was a choice they made that because they're making a movie about old films, yeah. they wanted to have an old film kind of feel to it, which can be good if done properly. I mean, <laughs> um, uh, Werewolf, uh, Werewolf by Night on uh, Disney+, Plus, they did uh, an oldish film kind of thing with uh, like black and white and everything like that, and it worked really well. But in this case, it was just like the, the, the screen was grainy and blurry and it's kind of like, I'm sorry, we live in the year 2023 and like the quality of our like presentation is, is crystal clear. So I don't want to be going back in time mm. to when it was crappy. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's, so, it's written by the same guy who wrote La La Land uh, and Whiplash. So La La Land, I think you liked it. No. No? I was going to say because... Lots of people seemed to like it and a lot of people hated it. And then Whiplash, I don't know if I've spoken to anyone who didn't like it. So he's the the writer and director, um, Damien uh, Chen Chazelle, I think he, is how you pronounce yeah. it. He's he's had some really good films and some really not so good films. Well, and, I, liked, yeah. I, liked, I liked Whiplash. I didn't like La La Land. Um, but this this one here, it was just the so the story is you've got um, Brad Pitt um, is playing Jack Conrad, who is a um, you know the most popular of the silent film actors, and. He is, uh, you know, going from the, the, the period of the, the silent films into the talkies and expecting to, his career will just move over and everything will be a success. But uh, he finds that, um, you know, maybe his transition to the talkies isn't going to be as smooth as he expects. Um, you got Margot Robbie playing Nelly Leroy, who at the start of the film is a, a nobody, who turns up to this, this party and then all of a sudden finds herself uh, in uh, a silent film. And because of her ability to cry on uh, cue, um, she got herself uh, a bit of an acting, acting career and got a little bit famous. Hmm. Uh, but again, going from the silent film era to the talking film era. Now, this is a really interesting time period time period mm. to look at films and the, you look at singing in the rain one of the classics well singing in the rain actually uh, the song is played a lot through this film ah. so um the so 
it's a really interesting time period and you can make a very interesting film about it. And in this film, there was a very interesting film about it. But that film was about 90 minutes long or maybe two hours tops. But they just pulled the taffy on this film too much and like kind of stretched out the storylines. There was um, another storyline as well that was going through... um, through with uh, Joven Adepo, who plays Sidney Palmer, and his character was a like person in a band, and so like he's playing in the band, everything like that. When the talking films came about, uh, he became famous by being a trumpet player in a in a band and on movies. Um, but his actual storyline, it's just not as developed it's, it's as not necessary. They could have cut that whole oh, storyline. No, 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 and... no, no, no. Keep, keep his storyline in. In fact, his storyline was the most succinct. Oh, right. It was kind of like, you know, I'm a person playing in a band. Um, I'm a person playing music for the these uh, films, but, like, I'm not on camera. You've got the, the camera pointed towards these people and you should be looking at the band because we're the interesting thing. And then he his career develops. And then the, the whole his, – his ends in a stupid way. Um, but, uh, like, I don't know if this happened or not to, to people uh, – of uh, black people back in the day. But um, it was to do with him being in a band with a lot of other black people because he was well lit and the other people weren't. He looked white and they were worried about, you know, him coming off as a, a mixed band. It was just really convoluted. Right. Um, so it's the, – the, the film, I, I think – if they took this film and then gave it to someone and cleaned up the picture and re-edited it and made it shorter and more succinct, you will have a good film in here. But it's just it just feels too. They tried to do too much. Yeah. Too way too much, and it's it's just frustrating because um, you're sitting there and you're just wanting the story to progress and get to the point, mm. and it's just taking its time to do it i honestly i said to cat i think this would have been better served as a tv show yeah um, and then you can flesh out every yeah. particular story a bit better yeah but she said no, no no it works it would have worked better as a movie with a judicious editor yeah. so um yeah it, and i'm not the only person that thinks this this is, this is getting very middling scores yeah on rotten tomatoes and also like not just critics but audience as well this is everyone's saying this is not great and then you get to the end of it and they they kind of like show you a lot of flashy things. At one point I thought of trying to hypnotise us to make it think it was a good film. <laughs> and, and so we go, wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> Tell everyone. And then, but um, there was a, there's a, a comedian called Thomas Ford who we went and saw his show years ago and uh, it, basically the conceit of his show was he was going to make you feel so uncomfortable that you leave and he wasn't going to stop the show until everyone left. And it kind of felt a bit like that. <laughs> Yeah. That is the worst review and also the best review. I, I really like the way you wrapped up that. Yeah. Um, so what am I going to give this? Um, I give this two don't stand behind the elephants. Oh, yeah. I might get stepped on or crushed or sat on. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds um, like, it sounds like sat, but yeah. yeah. Uh, well... Changing the the tact of this conversation completely, um, there I, I'm I'm obviously on a Disney trend at the moment because I've started watching a show called Welcome to Chippendales, and if if you're um, 
if your memory's good or if you're a little bit old, you will remember that there was a big, um, a very famous mm, stripping group, I guess, uh, called Chippendales. And this is the story of the, or the origin story of the the owner, Steve um, Banerjee, and the different people he brings in to work with him. Um, it, it's... It's interesting if you know a little bit about the whole Chippendales situation because it's not just about a whole bunch of guys stripping. There was some really nefarious stuff that happened in the background, um, including, and this happens in the first episode, um, but and it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the series. There was a... Um, a guy called, uh, what's his name? His name is escaping me now. He's not right at the top. Uh, I want to say Paul Schaefer. Mm. Um, and he was married to a Playboy bunny um, of the name uh, Dorothy. Um, oh, man, this is annoying the heck out of me because I can't find the thing. I'm getting there, guys. I'm getting there. Um Oh, Paul Snyder was played by Dan Stevens. I didn't even recognise him. So, um, and he is, he's married to a lady called uh, Dorothy Stratton. And what happens at the end of that particular episode, well, it doesn't end well, basically. <laughs> and it, it is based on a true story. And so I was aware of that particular part of the, the story. Um, and if you want to go on a deep dive, there is a, th- a, a an episode of True Crime and Cocktails that that deep dives the Chippendales story because it's not pretty. Um, yeah, some of the stuff was pretty heavy. The first episode mostly feels like things are going to be okay yeah. until you get towards the end and you're like, oh, I'm getting really uncomfortable here. Um, but it's it stars uh, Kamal Ninjani as Steve Banerjee and um, it's also got um, playing the choreographer uh, Murray Bartlett. So while I was watching it, I couldn't quite recognise his face but his voice was so familiar and it wasn't until I looked it up, he plays Armand in the first um, White Lotus um, oh. see, series. So I didn't recognise him without the moustache mm. or the Australian accent because um, he's American in this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I actually don't know if it is Australian or American in real life, to be honest. I, I think he's Australian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he'd have to be because that accent in White Lotus yeah. was very, very convincing. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they develop the rest of the story Um and how deep they get into the dirty bits of of the industry mm. and all the stuff that went on behind the scenes. I'm assuming they will because otherwise it wouldn't be an interesting series. Um, and I think it's stuff that people are just not aware of with the Chippendales mm. sort of thing. So um, I've, I'm an episode and a half in. It, do, it sounds like I gave up halfway through, but I didn't. I had to come here. So um, I am. I will be watching more of that. And, I mean, you know, I'm happy to watch Kamal Ninjani and basically anything. So The interesting thing was uh, Kamal Ninjani, like he uh, got himself really buff for the Eternals. Mm. And then for this, because he's not playing one of the strippers, he's playing yeah, the, oh, yes. <laughs> the manager. 
he actually had to gain like weight to play uh, like you know uh, a more portly manager kind of a role. See, because I was looking, maybe he gets portly towards the end because in the first couple of seasons, oh sorry, episodes, he just looks like. Under all that, he might have some muscles and it's not fat, it's muscles. Mm, mm. You know, sometimes really muscly people put on like clothes and they're big and you're like, oh, they're, it's not muscles. Well, but- he was on, um, I don't know if it was Smartless or it was um, Mark Maron, but on one of them, yeah, he mentioned about uh, putting on uh, weight for the, for the role. Oh, there you and go. Now, and now losing weight like for the uh, to to like get it off so and talking about whether you know some people when they put on the weight they'll do it like a healthy way and i think he just went like all out and just like you know ate all the bad food well i mean it's a quick way to put it on it is true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and an enjoyable way but i i, I don't think it's as hard to get off because Getting, you get addicted to all yeah. of the good stuff uh, all the bad stuff, whatever, <laughs> however you want to say that. Um, but, yeah, if you've got Disney+, Plus, uh, that is on there as well. So, um, And there's a trailer out there for a new show that I think is going to be hitting Disney Plus in February, um, and it is a show called Nod- Not Dead Yet, of all the names. Oh, right. Yeah, um, a, a show that um, Kat and I used to do for about three episodes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it features a... Uh, a lady who comes back to her hometown or wherever she was working before to become a journalist and the guy in charge is like, cool, uh, you're going to be the obituary writer. That's your job. Uh, she's not happy about it, especially when she starts seeing dead people um, who that who she's writing about. Awesome. And nobody else can see her. And her boss is um, somebody I think she used to work with and she's quite horrible and really rich and that's played by Lauren Ash, who is Dina in, in Superstore and, of course, the host of True Crime and Cocktails. I sound like they're sponsoring us, but they're not. It's just that I really love them. Um, anyway, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. It looks very funny. Um, but we might play a couple of ads and come back and chat to you about what's love got to do with it. Cool. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So I don't know anything about this film called What's Love Got to Do With It, but I just automatically assume it's a Tina Turner um, film. No, it's not. Um, Is the song featured? I don't actually recall the song being at all. Well, I'm disappointed. And I would like to hear everything about the film now. Fair enough. Um... So before I do talk about that, though, uh, Kat uh, sent me a, a message um, saying uh, Quantumania is on pre-sale for the 15th, February the 15th, advanced screenings. Quantumania. Oh, oh, the Ant- Ant-Man, new Ant-Man film. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Every time I watch the trailer for it, I'm like, Ant-Man, you idiot, listen to Michelle Pfeiffer. She's so <laughs> smart. But you would have thought, like, I've seen the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania a few, quite a few times. And uh, in the trailer, what happens is that uh, Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie, is, uh, has designed this, um, has designed this uh, device to be able to transmit things into the quantumverse uh, or the quantum realm. And then when they start doing it, she's like, oh, dude, don't do that. That's really bad. That's a really bad idea. It's kind of, wouldn't you have, like, clued them in beforehand? Like saying, look, um, the quantum verse, like, I, the quantum realm, I was there for, like, decades and it really sucks. Um, I yeah, th- let's not do this. I think we need to, like, you know, avoid, like, going back because they, they were, like, you know, going back in and, and stuff like that. So you would 
thought at some point in time she would have clued them in that it's maybe a bad idea and to just stay the hell out of there. Maybe she was so traumatised by what happened to her in there that she hasn't explained just how terrifying it is to be in there. Mm. But also Ant-Man was in there. He was in there. He was in there for five years. Well, actually, it was a very short time in our time. But yeah. five years. No, no, sorry. Five years in our time, very short time in the quantum realm. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I time, can't remember. Wobbly, 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 timey-wimey. Yeah, that's um, right. But anyway, the, 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 the crux of the story is is that... Uh, the, five years, I think, he was in there. Yes. No, no, he was in there for five minutes. Right. But he was, like, in real time, five minutes. In our time, five years. Right, yes. Because so, he came back and, and the world was very changed. Exactly. Because someone clicked their fingers. And he hadn't changed. Because, uh, of course, Paul Rudd never ages. So no, that's right. He could have been in there for 50 years and come out the same. Exactly. You know, that whole thing where he, he goes into the uh, the quantum realm and comes out a baby and comes out <laughs> an old man, that never happened. He's always looked the same. <laughs> and he will do until he dies, which he never will because clearly he's drinking whatever that special potion is from Death Becomes Her. He's got a very, very ugly picture somewhere that just keeps getting <laughs> older and older and older. Uh, okay, now, so that, yeah, Ant-Man the Wasp, Quantumania, advanced screening releases on the 15th of February. The tickets are on sale now. Uh, just wait five minutes because Kat's booking ours. So just let <laughs> Kat book ours first, then you can book yours, okay? Yes, yep, yep. All right, what's love got to do with it? I don't know. What does it have to do with it? It's I feel a, like it's the start of a joke. <laughs> it's a second-hand emotion. Is that the right? That yes. Works right? Yes, yes. Something like that. To this song, uh, yeah, what's love got to do with it? Nothing to do with Tina Turner. Song's not in this film at all. Is it a song about a sex worker? No, no. It's uh, the, 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 the movie. I mean a movie about yeah. a sex worker. <laughs> the movie is about uh, arranged marriages or, uh, as it is called in this, uh, this one, assisted marriages. Oh, oh. This has got the chick in it. This Lily, ha- Lily, Lily something. Lily Allen? No, <laughs> And uh, it's not Lily Collins. It's Lily James. Lily James, yes, thank yes. you. I'm like, yeah, I, anyway, continue. Okay, this has got Lily James. Uh, this has also got Emma Thompson. Uh, now, in, in Emma Thompson's you know, recent roles, um, uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Uh, she was also in Matilda uh, and then she's in this one as well. She's busy. Yeah, uh, but like, she was definitely the hottest in uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand um, and then definitely the, the not hottest in Matilda. Yeah, yeah. I think anyone to find that character attractive would be, would be hard-pressed. Look, go and see somebody and have a chat. We watched Matilda on the weekend, by the way. Uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was all right. Ah, oh, <laughs> stop it. It was all right. Um, yeah, so the, the, this uh, film uh, revolves around Lily James, uh, character of Zoe, and Shiraz Latif, uh, his uh, character of Kazim. Now, Lily James is a like a, a British documentary filmmaker and she grew up living next door to a, a Muslim family uh, from Pakistan. So the, the mum and dad were from Pakistan. Uh, all the kids were born in the UK. And they so they they grew up together, and you know they they've been in each other's lives for their whole lives. They're they're best friends, and uh, Kazim says to uh, Zoe, "I'm after his brother gets married, um, and his brother didn't <clears throat> have an arranged marriage. I don't think. I think it was kind of they they were both uh, Pakistan and both Muslim, so the family was happy with that, uh, but they didn't have an arranged marriage." Um, but the his sister 
fell in love with an English guy and she got ostracized for the family because she married a white uh, English guy. Um, and so he decides that he is going to have a arranged or, as he says, assisted marriage. Mm. So his parents would help him find a, a wife, whether that be um, someone who currently lives in the UK or somebody who lives in Pakistan. But the important thing is, is that they're Pakistani and they're Muslim. And so uh, Lily, uh, sorry, Zoe is uh, looking at the this very unusual situation, not not expecting her friend to be going down the track of having an arranged marriage, but because she's a, a filmmaker, she pitches the idea of uh, following his you know, uh, journey journey uh, to to find a wife and get married and, and all that kind of thing, and. Zoe has got a very uh, um, sketchy love life. She tends to go for the wrong guys, uh, always the, the bad boy kind of thing, and it never never works out for her. Uh, her mum, played by Emma Thompson, Kath, is very um, pushy for her to be in a relationship and have kids and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so helpful when parents <laughs> do that, isn't it? it God, d- mine didn't. Yeah, didn't they? Did not? No. Oh, that's good. good. Hell no. My parents were amazing. I, I never got that either, which is good. I, I don't know. If, I think it's a stereotype. I don't think parents actually do that. No, I think some 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 families have that. Yeah, but, but it, not ours. Yeah. We were lucky. Yes, yes. So, uh, Kath is great. Emma Thompson is always great. She's fantastic. She gets along so well uh, with with her neighbours next door. Uh, Ash Khan, played by Shaba Ab- uh, Azim. Uh, and uh, where's the where was the father? Where's the father? Um, uh, I can't find the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she gets along really well with uh, with the neighbours, and she saw it become a part of the family. She goes to all the weddings. Um, she still says some really uh, you know racist things because she's oblivious to to certain things you shouldn't say. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's really it's a good fun movie. Um, it's a it's a rom-com. Like, at the end of the day, it's a rom-com. But it's good that rom-coms now are not just, like, you know, white girl, white boy, kind of, like, hate each other but then get together and blah. Or now it's kind of like we saw um, the, the rom-com last year, which was um, two gay guys uh, that were, you know... Uh, bro. Bros, yeah. Yeah. They were having, like, that thing. Like, and, and gay culture is so different. So it was like, you know, seeing another world on screen to, to, to straight people. Uh, and in this case as well, where you've got arranged marriages and you've got, uh, you know, Pakistani Muslim culture. Again, this is another area where it's not familiar to, to most audiences. So um, unless you're one of the one billion plus people who are uh, you know, Muslim, I guess. But yeah, besides that, if you're like a, a person who's not Muslim, then this is going to be an interesting thing for you to have a look at and to see, you know, how arranged marriages work. And why people have arranged marriages, and you know, it's it's and it's not like they're going in, they're going arranged marriages. Yeah, <laughs> they're kind of like being very honest about you know some of the pitfalls of it and, mm. and that sort of thing as well. So, hey, look, I know a couple who are the product of an arranged marriage, and I think it gets much uh, it gets a bad rap um, because who kind of knows you best? It is your parents, right? In some ways. Um, and then there's a, it's not like you don't have any choice in the matter at all. You get to meet, well, in most circumstances, you get to meet these people and go, nah, I don't know about that. And so this couple that I know, obviously, um, it's, yeah, things just clicked straight away. Mm. And it's, yeah, I think it just gets a bad rap 
So, um, well, as long as both people want to be, as long as yeah. it's consenting. Exactly, I mean, yeah. that's that's the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that comes up in the movie, and it's very you know, important factor in it. So, um, it's a it's very very interesting film. I'd be interested to see what people think about if they have had an arranged marriage. Like, mm. if if they, I came out of it thinking it was quite a balanced film, mm-hmm. but. It'd be interesting to see if someone who's had a range marriage has that same opinion. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, Lily James is, is fantastic. Like, she is. And, like, the last role I saw her in was playing Pamela Anderson. And oh, it's like, yeah, I just forgot not, about that. You would just not think that's the same actress when you see, like, she just got so into that character yeah. that you didn't see Lily James anymore. And, yeah, and uh, Shazad uh, Lef- Latif uh, is is great, charismatic. You know, it's he's that quintessential, uh, you know, um, person who's like English and Pakistani and mm. stuck between two different two worlds kind of thing. Yeah, trying to be uh, being a doctor, but also being you know faithful to his religion and all that. It's just, yeah, there's a lot going on in this film, and it was really enjoyable. Um, and I am going to give. Um, What's love got to do with it? Um, four pakoras. Righto. Um, so this is just—it's completely different, obviously. But Lily James was in a movie called Yesterday, where there is a, a love interest um, who happens to be. Well, actually, I don't know um, uh, Jack Malik's character. They don't really—I don't think they really talk about his his origins much or his religion much or anything, but, um, yeah, it's – I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, mm, I think I might have to go home and watch that movie. Have you seen it? What's uh, – Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw it with you at the screening. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yes, okay. I love that movie. And, yeah, it's good. If you haven't seen it, it's very, very good. Um, but, anyway, I digress. Um, we shall be back momentarily. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So you used to be a gamer, right? As in computer games? Yes. Yes. Or well, PlayStation games or any kind of games. Because well, there could be like tabletop gaming, which I never really got into. Oh, but, right. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, computer games, yes. Um, I don't know much about um, the gaming world mm-hmm. uh, myself. And so much so that I get made fun of because I call them computer games. <clears throat> Excuse me. I need to drink water. <coughs> but it's weird though, because you're um, you married a uh, a massive gamer, like somebody who who still finds a time, even though you have a, a child, uh, to game, which surprised me because I don't have a child and I have no time to game. Excuse me, sorry about that coughing fit I decided to have. Um, yeah, well, he does it all after Bryce goes to bed. That's kind of his only time, and he definitely doesn't uh, do it as much as he used to. Um, but, yeah, I get made fun of because I call it computer games and there's not many games that get played on computers these days. It's mostly PlayStation or Nintendo, Switch or, you know, all that sort of stuff. So do you know anything about a game called Last of Us? I have played and finished Last of Us. Right. Am I right in saying there's two? I'm pretty sure there's two, Last of Us and Last of Us 2. I only played the first one. Righto. Well, I don't know much about it at all apart from occasionally walking in while Chris was playing it and getting grossed out by, like, the f- fungi zombie people, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're creepy. Yeah. So um, 
the story is there's a dude, obviously it's post-apocalyptic, um, and there's this guy who's going around with this teenage girl trying to get her to safety. That is my knowledge of the game, full stop. Um, but this got picked up um, and made into a TV show of which Pedro Pascal is starring in, and um it's currently playing on Binge. They're dropping it one episode at a time. So um, we just finished our Binge. Uh, I, I like cancelled it. Yeah. We got to watch one episode and we're just going to wait until there's a whole bunch of episodes and then we'll, you know, get a subscription again for a month. Um, but Pedro Pascal plays uh, Joel Miller who um, is living in this futuristic, horrible world where everyone is living in this quarantine station type thing and you're not allowed to leave. It's Mm. like a militarised zone and everything. Um, We've only obviously watched the first episode because that's the only thing that was released and I don't want to get into too much detail because some of the really important stuff happens in the first episode and if you know nothing about it and nothing about the game... um, it would be really stupid of me to to give that information because I didn't know anything and there were a lot of surprises mm. in that first episode for me. So um, Pedro Pascal, of course, uh, we love him. So he's, he's great. Um, I have to admit I'm not generally into apocalyptic type TV shows. Never watched the Grateful Walking Dead people. The Walking Dead, yep. yep, The Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> Grateful Dead's a band, I yep, believe. Yep, I knew that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I never got into that. Uh, I'm just not, I don't know, it's just too depressing to think about. But um, basically there's this fungi that is taking over people's bodies and turning in them into zombie-like creatures mm. and this fungus, gross fungus stuff is coming out of their mouth as they consume other people. So hideous. Um, and this was, you know, they even start right at the start um, with this interview talking about pandemics and what they are and blah, blah, blah. Um, and this is obviously all done, all made and all thought about way before COVID. Mm. So, um we got so yeah. lucky. Like if you played The Last of Us, you'd understand how lucky we get. We got <laughs> with it uh, yeah. being COVID. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Joel and Ellie, it's basically a, a lone wolf and cub kind of situation where you've got an older dude who is protecting a younger person who's got to get them into a certain place to make sure that the human race survives. Um, it's a, And then you, they're going through a barren wasteland. They're encountering different people and stuff like that. So it's not a story that's like unique or, or different or anything like that, but it's just the, um, uh, the, the landscape and the situations that they've got to go through that uh, makes it interesting. Uh, but, yeah, it, the game was great and uh, it's, yeah, it makes you ask a lot of, a lot of questions. So I was interested until about halfway through and then I kind of dropped my interest mm-hmm. and I think it's just because I'm not generally into apocalyptic type things but because there is very little that Chris and I watch together, there's very few things that we both kind of enjoy at the same time. Um, I'm going to um, watch it with him, mm-hmm. watch the series with him once they, they're all been released um, because you do... I'm mindful that I my my attention span is not great, and with TV series, 
I find it difficult to get past the first episode if I don't like it. Mm. Um, but then I often am rewarded. So I look at Shit's Creek, which I watched a few episodes of and thought, well, this is not for me. And then I started watching it again because it got all these accolades and I'm like, well, there must be something to it. And then I absolutely loved it. Same with Ghosts. Mm. I watched the first episode of that and I'm like, yeah, no, it's not for me. And then I watched it again and obviously binged it within a week. Mm. So all series. So um, I'm hoping to be rewarded and, of course, um, I do love Pedro Pascal and he's really great in this. So mm. I can't argue. And the young girl who's playing Ellie is also great. She's really kick-ass. I, I like her. So It was it was good. The The game was in 2013 and it was like the kind of games I like where it's a, a story-based game. So mm. you're moving through the story. It's not like one of these um, – a lot of games became the whole open world thing where you'd go and run to a place and there'd be a person there and they'd give you a challenge and go and do that challenge and that sort of thing. It yeah. wasn't like that. This is a, a clear game with, you know, clear goals. Um, although I think there was some divergence in it at some points where you make decisions to go one way or another. So Yeah. Yeah, be, uh, I'm interested to see the, what the TV show's like. You've got Binge, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So the first episode was only released on Monday, so it's brand mm. spanking new. But it's just whether Kat will watch it with me or not because she doesn't yeah. do Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of with her on that. But um, I think it's good training. Stick it out. It's good training, you know. It's good training. Good oh, training. God, jeez. <laughs> that's, that's a scary thought. So last year you talked about Avatar The Way of Water. I did. I'm trying to remember where it fell in your top ten because I feel like it was in your top ten. It was number two. Right, so it was very high up. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have put it in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris and I went and saw it this week, and, and you are right. I think if if you're going to see it, pay the extra money and see it in 3D because um, the plot is not enough um, to sit there and watch it for three hours. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Um it f- so obviously if you've – so on the way there I was saying to Chris, I don't even remember how the first one finished or like, you know, exactly what it was about apart from the fact that they were trying to mine some unobtainium, unobtainium. And, and they were basically yeah. trying to colonise another country uh, – sorry, another planet. Well, actually, on the first one they were just – I think it was all about the mining and then they, they kind of like – I think there was a lot of unobtainium under the tree of life and they were like, hey, dude, don't be touching our tree of life. Yeah. And then they like – there was a big battle, 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 battle. Um, I think that uh, uh, Sam Worthington's body uh, di- died during that battle, so he's in his pand- he's in his Avatar body forever. Um, I don't know what happened with Sigourney Weaver. I think she might have she got consumed. Yeah. I thought she got consumed by the tree. Joined with the tree, yeah. But then she's in this. Well, no, no, she, so, no. She, her, her Avatar her, is in it. No, no, no. Her daughter is in it. Yes, I know her daughter yeah. is in it, but there's also her. Um, yeah, so the avatar maybe, maybe her in a box. So her actual body, her human body, probably got absorbed by the tree. Yep. And the avatar is still in the the box. Yes. So maybe the avatar, like maybe her consciousness is in the avatar, or maybe it's not. But um, maybe it's in the tree of life. Exactly. Um. So on the way there, I was saying I couldn't quite remember everything, and. Chris gave me like a two-minute synopsis and I'm like, well, that was, that's enough to get me through. Um, except when we started watching the movie, I did think about Sigourney Weaver's character and I'm like, well, how did that happen? I don't quite understand why that happened. And I guess because there's going to be more of them, things may get explained because if, a bit more. Yeah, because if she, 
Because how did she get knocked up? Yeah, because she didn't have the kid, like, and her avatar was in the tube, then it's got to be an immaculate conception. And the the kid, like, has some powers later on in the movie. Yeah. So the, that's where the, the connection is. That's why she's got powers is because Sigourney Weaver's in the tree. Yeah. And then the tree, yeah, that, that's what it is. <laughs> makes yeah. sense now. Uh, complete sense. Like yeah. like all um, James Cameron films, they all make sense. Um, look. The 3D is absolutely stunning. Mm. James Cameron has waited such a long time to get to this point um, to be able to go underwater and to see these creatures and these these characters realised. And I really, really appreciate the movie from that point of view. Plot-wise, did not enjoy the misogyny, um, did not enjoy, like, the plot line being extremely, um, what do you call it, predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't enjoy the, there were bits of the movie that felt like they were going somewhere and then they didn't go anywhere. I'm like, what was the point of that? Um, and just some real dumb, like, you know, we're two guys and we're going to compare our swords. Um, just mm. that kind of, like, male testosterone type thing and I'm assuming that the whole point of that is to say war is bad and men men do bad things with with weapons Um, and we are killing the world and the environment is dying and it's all because of us. I understand that that's the message but it just was not palatable the way it was shown to me um, and the fact that there's going to be so many more and I feel like, right, well, I'm going to have to see them because I do like the idea of seeing it in 3D and I'm hoping that third one will go into um, Sigourney Weaver's daughter's character a little bit more and I like that they've kept Sigourney Weaver as the voice. Um, but, yeah, I just felt like... Um, Mrs. Sully is what she got called, but I can't remember her name. They actually called her Miss Sully. I feel like her her character Jury. just, yeah, it. she kind of went from being this real strong character in the first ep, uh, movie to kind of a side bit mm. and no character development and also almost like relegated to she's just the crazy wife. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I just felt this is what I mean by misogyny mm. and there's, scenes in there where Jack Sully is like, oh, just don't listen to her. Yeah, she like, does. Don't su- listen to my crazy wife. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, shut up, dude. And she does, like, she does something at the end of the film that's really out of character. Yeah, I can't even remember that. But anyway, <laughs> if you're interested in seeing it just for the 3D, do it because it's very, very amazing to look at. It's extremely beautiful. Mm. Plot-wise, a bit disappointing. But anyway, um, I'm probably going to give it three whale-like creatures so i gave the three no what did i do i gave the 3d five out of five and the storyline two and a half so yeah three threes threes a good middle yeah um but we are gonna head off stay tuned if you're listening live and um if you're not hopefully you're joining us on the pods and the and the uh the facebooks and all those kind of things we shall catch you next week bye this podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture